What do you do with your Bengals in the wake of the Joe Burrow season-ending injury? Which member of the Ravens will be gobbling up Mark Andrews' targets? And what AFC East running back needs to be picked up and added ASAP? Plus, the 26th place team owner in the Fantasy Pros Championship, Joe Holmes, is going to drop by to talk about George Pickens, Khalil Herbert, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Joe Holmes is here. I'm Eric Falkman. Stick around. Your high stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Stand the pressure. I've seen greater men than Broadcast live and heard around the world. You are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the high stakes fantasy football hour presented by myffpc.com with your hosts, Eric Falkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Baltman and Farrell Elliott. Solace in the scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Welcome in, welcome in to November 17th, 2023. This is the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Uh, thank you to Rob. Greetings and salutations to all you Balkaholics hanging out tonight. Uh, welcome in to the show uh, presented by M- uh, MyFFPC.com, MyFFPC.com, the home of the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is normally the definitive commissioner of Fantasy Football, Farrell Elliott. However, Farrell, as we all know, is a uh, is a He's a scout, he is a player agent, and he is scouting some talent up in Canada uh, for Grey Cup weekend up there. Um, internet was working fine shortly ago, a short, a short while ago, not working good anymore. So he will be back next week, uh, and I'll introduce my co-host in a second. The uh, other thing I want to mention, um, two things I want to mention before the start of the show. Um, on tonight's program, we're going to wax poetic about what's going on with Jahan Dotson. Uh, what's going on with James Cook? I know that's sort of a recurring theme, but we always get another twist in it every single week, it seemingly. Uh, we're also going to welcome in the 26th place team owner in the Fantasy Pros Championship, Joe Holmes. We're going to s- discuss his his 2023 success he's had so far, Devon Achan's uh, impending return this weekend, and much more. If you want to connect with us on X, you can do so at HSFF Hour. I'm at Eric Balkman. Always check out Farrell Elliott's Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com. You can post on our Facebook page as well at Facebook.com slash HSFFR. You can also email the show, as many of you do every week, at HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, send them in now. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, tweets, and emails in our fantasy feedback segment uh, coming up in the second half of the show. Thanks to our audio engineer and my best friend, Bryce, and, of course, our producer and mutual friend, Rob. The um, fantasy football season is flying by. Um, I mentioned to everybody, I know I sent out a couple of emails about this already this week, but I'll remind you again, um, players dropped in all FFPC leagues, except for FFPC dynasty leagues will be locked for the remainder of the season. This started on Wednesday. It's going to happen again Sunday and every week that waivers are still open. Uh, so make sure that you understand that once a player is cut, you cannot repick him up, uh, at any point during the rest of the season, unless you're playing in an FFPC dynasty league, that is my one reminder to you. And hey, by the way, no early kickoff this Sunday. Hey, hallelujah, that's fantastic. You don't have to stay up late or get up early uh, to set fantasy lineups anymore. That will be fun. If you're looking for some weekly action to supplement your season-long game, go to myffpc.com, myffpc.com, and play the FFPC Weekly Challenge. There's no draft. There's no salary cap. You just choose 10 or 12 players. And you say, well, Balky, why wouldn't I choose 12? Well, 12, if you want to play that format, you have to play with kickers and defenses. 10-player format, you don't play with kickers and defenses. Uh, Get them in by Sunday's kickoff. Watch the points pile up through the remainder of the weekend. Only one player per team. Uh, There is no stacking in this format, which makes it fun and maddening and really fun, I guess, basically, is what I want to say. $35 to enter or $200 to enter. You can win up to $2,500. That's at myffpc.com, myffpc.com. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel. Comment on the video, share it with your friends, share it with your enemies, and get notified every single time we go live. I want to welcome in my co-host tonight. He is a uh, multi-league champ in the FFPC. He has a serious contending team in 26th place in the Fantasy Pros Championship this year, and that's not all. He's got three other really, really good teams across multiple tournaments as well. Uh, please welcome in 
not only our guest tonight, but our guest co-host. It is Mr. Joe Holmes. Joe, thanks so much for hopping aboard and hanging out all, all night with me. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it, Eric. Absolutely. Thanks so you, for having me. So, so I want to get into um, uh, how you're spending your time when you're not up at the top of the leaderboard, but I think we need to make this clear right now. You are a transplanted Eagles fan living in Florida now, right? That is correct. Um, your Eagles this year, I feel like the first two months – Kind of shaky, but pretty much we're winning almost every single game. How do you feel about them right now? Yeah, I do. I feel I feel the same way. They uh, they're they're trying a new offensive coordinator, as you know, a new defensive coordinator. Um, had had some adjustments to make. The personnel is pretty much the same, and um, I think they're trying to protect Hurts a little more this year too from from the running uh, game. But yeah, I, I I think they're gelling. We'll find out more uh, on Monday night. Uh, and the rest, this next four, uh, these next four games are going to really tell uh, how good they are. Yeah, I, I hope you know. I was so excited for that Bengals Ravens game on Thursday night, and then it kind of—I I wouldn't say it turned out to be a clunker, but really disappointing to see what happened with Burrow and Andrews. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But man, I've been telling people all week that Eagles Chiefs game on on Monday night. Not only is it a great game uh, that's going to pit two great teams against each other. But the fantasy um, angles from that game, oh, it's yeah. going to be crazy. I think i think that's going to be a very, very high-scoring game. Can't wait uh, to see how that happens. Um, in Florida, are, are you are you a working man, or have you hung it up yes. and you're just full-time FFPC? What are you doing? No, I, uh, I, I'm a senior project manager for a, a large uh, healthcare insurance company, and uh, that keeps me busy uh, during the week. Pretty, uh, pretty active with that. And then, of course, uh, my fantasy football activities. Right, yeah, and and uh, certainly you always want to make sure that you're making time for those. As as you know, quite frankly, you have been and doing it very well. You know, looking at your teams, Joe, you have three fantasy pros teams, one in 26th place overall, heading into Week 11. The three teams' records: eight and two, eight and two, and seven and three. Your best ball tournaments. You have three of those leagues. One of them, I, I know, one of them, you're you're in contention. The other one you're in first place in. Uh, so, so far this season, and again, I know there's the money weeks are coming up and there's a lot of uh, football action to be played here, but it's been a really good year for you. What do you think the secret to your success is? Is anything different for you this year than there has been in years past? Because this is a several squads that, that could win a lot of money this year, man. Yeah, no, it's the strategy. The strategy has been the same, but the results have been different. So I take the first four picks in my draft. Well, let, let's face it, the, the success you have in uh, fantasy uh, football is, is four quarters, really. The first mm -hmm. quarter is your draft. Second quarter is your, the way you manage your waiver wire. The third quarter is uh, your starting lineup. You don't want to leave points on the bench. And the fourth is pure damn luck, right? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's it. So um, this year, my strategy of uh, picking a number one or a top wide receiver in the first round. And then the second round, I had Jalen Hurts everywhere. Wherever wherever I was picking in the second round, if he was available, I was taking him. Um, then the third round was a top tight end, and Hawkinson ended up being that guy. I got him in two teams. And then the uh, fourth was top running back available or another wide receiver. And then after that, focused on the running back. And this was regardless of what draft slot you had? Regardless of what draft slot I had. Okay. All right. And that's so, pretty much my strategy all the time, except, you know, the previous years, injuries, right? My guy gets hurt. Um, the luck factor wasn't with me in, that, in those seasons. But this year, uh, things have worked out very well. I'm really excited about uh, the next few weeks and uh, see where we go. So. Let, let me um, – I, I want to explore the four-quarter um, analogy you made. I, I feel like – and I think this is true of a lot of high-stakes players, and, and maybe yourself included. You let me know. But I feel like a lot of people feel pretty good about the drafting process. They feel good about their pre-draft process, during the draft, rolling with the punches. I feel like a lot of people think they have a good handle on that. Waiver wire, managing your fab budget. I feel like over the course – you know. It, it, it might take a year or maybe a two years to really get a handle on knowing what you should be spending and, and the nuances that go into that. But I feel like a lot of high stakes players um, have a pretty good handle on that. Um, 
the fourth quarter, we'll get back to the third quarter in a second. The fourth quarter, luck, you know, listen, I, you can't control it. I, you, you can't worry about it. So, um, I, I, and I'd like to feel like I've had as much bad luck as good luck. Like that kind of stuff evens out. The third quarter, though, Joe, is something I have struggled with setting lineups. My God, it is so frustrating. I think that is one of the most difficult things to do when you are setting a lineup on a 20 man roster and you got to pick 10 of those guys. I've left points on the bench so many times. And obviously, it's easier when you have injuries and buys because the lineup sort of sets itself. But I think that's the quarter I have struggled with the most for my teams over the last, you know, two decades or whatever it's been. Has that been the most difficult part for you? Oh, sure. Absolutely. And then, you know, uh, on Monday when uh, you've made the uh, error in judgment, right? And then you have to deal with yourself. And then you look at the stands, you go, God, I would be in third, you know, I'd be in first place if I uh, just used, uh, you know, so-and-so instead of what I did. And, you know, every week, when you do submit your lineup like this week, there are, there are those challenges mm-hmm. and decisions you have to make, but you got to live with them, right? I mean, that's that's just the way it is. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, this year I've been better at it than previous years. I can't tell you why. Maybe that's the luck factor. Part yeah. Participating in there too, but but I've been injury free to her. That's really important, right? Yeah. So when I do have a lineup, or it's less damaging than those years where, you know, you really, you really need that wide receiver to come through for you, and you chose the wrong one. Take me back to when when you were talking about your draft process this year, Jalen Hurts. You said you were taking him in the second round, anywhere you could get him. Was he your number one quarterback this year? And if so, why yeah. did you like him better than than the other, like the Mahomeses and the Allens and the Jacksons and everybody else? of the world up at the top of the draft. Mahomes and Allen were with him. The deciding factor was the uh, brotherly shove, right? Yeah. I mean, he he has that factor, that six points. Uh, if they're within two yards of the goal line in any game, you're you're going to get six with him. And that was the deciding factor for me to make, make him my number one quarterback and take him in the second round no matter where, what position I was in. There was a point um, sometime in like the second or third week of August, I feel like Darren Waller really picked up a lot of steam and a lot of people were drafting him over TJ Hawkinson um, saying that, you know, this is going to be the guy that you want this year. Obviously, Kelsey and Andrews were, were off the board quite a bit uh, in, in the third round, but you had the opportunity to take uh, Waller over Hawkinson. You ended up settling on Hawkinson, which obviously has been the right decision. What sold you on Hawkinson as the guy that you wanted in the third round when you were going after a tight end? Well, they're passing uh, offense. That's that's their bias. Um, he had a really good year uh, after he came over from Detroit, and I thought uh, really developed some chemistry uh, with the quarterback and the rest of the uh, receiving core. Uh, it, it just made sense to me that he – I, you know, I, I just really didn't see anyone else um, other than uh, Kelsey. But, you know, his social life, you know, I mean, God, the guy might be, you know, who knows, right? I mean, where is he today? Is he in Argentina? Where is he? Hopefully he shows up on Monday. I don't Yeah, even his brother doesn't know uh, where, where he is. Uh, it's crazy. Um, the, uh, the, the Waller aspect, you know, you said that you didn't really see anybody else other than Hawkinson there, what what, what 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 turns you off to, to Waller? Just curiously. Uh, his injury, you know, he, he switching teams. Um, the Giants really aren't a really strong tight end uh, offensive uh, team. I didn't see it the year before, and I, I was just skeptical, let's put it that way. I mean, if he was available in the sixth, seventh round, I'd, I'd right. definitely take him. Um, I, let's get into some of the stuff that's going on, uh, in the NFL right now in my leagues. And I haven't checked all my leagues, um, to see if I ended up getting, um, Izzy Abanacanda in, in a bunch of them. I know I got him in at least a couple, but he was super cheap. And, and I don't know, I like, I was reading into the Michael Carter release as, um, he does not have a a future in New York. It, It is Brees Hall's show. They did sign Dalvin Cook, and they drafted Abanacanda, I think, as one of the first picks on day three. I think he was, a, he was either a round four or maybe a round five pick. And this is a player that, you know, I talked with a lot of high-stakes players who 
um, a lot of them who played Dynasty said that they were very excited uh, about Abana Kanda and what he could do in the pros. He gets placed on IR. Um, he is out there in a ton of leagues. I was like, you know, if anything were to happen to Brees Hall, I'd like to think Abana Kanda. I always say this is a young man's league, Joe. Like, oh, and, yeah. and, I, and I go with the guy that, that has the youth, that has the explosion, and that doesn't have all the mileage that uh, Dalvin Cook would have. Um, Carter is no longer in New York. Would you rather have Dalvin Cook or Israel Abanacanda going forward now in your FFPC leagues? Uh, I, I do have Cook in a, a couple of my uh, leagues, and I, I feel that at this point in time, he is the stronger uh, running back. However, you know, anything can happen, and you're right about the youth and the, the explosion factor and such. But we'll have to see. I, I think I want Cook right now. Um, and the other thing, too, is um, like – we're, I'm not to that point yet. I don't think we're at to the point of the season is, uh, yet, but when you start trimming the, the depth off your roster and then plugging in the, the lottery, it's so weird. Like when we're drafting teams, um, when it gets to be the last five, six rounds, we're looking for these extremely low floor, but extremely high ceiling players. Then I think we kind of go away from that to navigate the bye week gauntlet and injuries and everything. Yeah. But then once these these rosters get locked, which is coming up soon, uh, we're looking for all these guys that maybe we'll never play them. But if lightning catches in a bottle and we have this guy, we have the opportunity to vault up over dozens or maybe even hundreds of teams that don't have this player in the championship round. And it could be all the difference in the world. I don't think we're at that point in the season yet. Joe, is this normally how you treat your rosters as we get yeah. closer to the end of the season? Absolutely. You know, I, I think, uh, as you'll see, I, I now have a, a two quick kickers instead of one, just mm -hmm. in case, right? Uh, so, you know, backfilling um, and lightning in the bottle. I mean, uh, I picked up Phillips for Tennessee thinking that there may be some uh, – opportunity the kid is quick right if you saw him at ucla when he gets in space he's dynamic and i you know i just took a shot right uh that's an example i think what you're talking about uh, let let's uh, let, let's get into kyle phillips here uh because as long as Traylon burks cannot get on the field for the titans there is an opportunity uh for kyle phillips on this team mm -hmm. he is a player that um has he didn't really play at all in September. Um, and then October, November, he's played basically been playing every single game. The last two games, he has gotten at least five targets in both of them, over 60 yards in both of them. And it's weird to say this because Kyle Phillips does not play on a high volume passing uh attack, especially with with um now a rookie quarterback in there. But that rookie quarterback and Will Levis, Joe, he's actually looked pretty good. I think you're of the opinion that Levis could turn Phillips into something this year, um, at least for the remainder of the season, where he could be flexible depending upon how the how the chips fall for Tennessee. Sure, I think they built some chemistry on the uh, scout team, right? The, they were the guys that were uh, preparing the team for their, their next games. <clears throat> uh, if you noticed, last weekend, uh, Kyle uh, Phillips was given just screen pass opportunities again to get him in space where he excels. So I, I don't know what their strategy is to get Derrick Henry more, get him more effective in the run game because the pass game has to help them at some point. It has not so far this season, but Hopkins is coming around. The kid has a great arm. Um, you know, we'll see. Again, it's, a, it's one of those chances you take at this stage of the game to hope you get lightning in a bottle, right? And, and certainly there is a narrative out there that, you know, maybe you want to, and we've already seen it kind of really with, with um, Tajay Spears getting uh, out snapping Derrick Henry in several games mm -hmm. could be the case of Mike Vrabel saving Henry for the end of the season, uh, or at least the stretch run of the season, as long as Spears is, is, um, you know, passable and, and, and he can get the job done. Will Levis is, is making things happen at the quarterback position as well. Um, yeah, they got to games. They got to win. They yeah, they win do have road to, games. Yeah. They haven't won a road game in what two years? Something like that. Like, yes, exactly. Uh, Titans are very they're they're suddenly interesting again uh, going forward for fantasy. Um, George Pickens, I I don't. So a guy that that is able to make all the spectacular plays in the world 
And I don't know if it's Kenny Pickett. I don't know if it's the offensive um, scheme that Matt Canada is rolling out there. I don't know if it's just George Pickens inside his own head. Um, we, we saw he scrubbed his social media accounts of everything Steelers and was really upset um, at, at how he was being used. And why wouldn't he? I mean, the, the targets were down. Targets still have been down. I thought it was going to be a big week for him against Green Bay last week. That didn't really happen. He made some plays uh, for sure, but he didn't explode like I thought uh, a lot of us uh, thought he might with the squeaky wheel getting the grease this past week. Pickens this week goes to Cleveland. Certainly not the greatest um, spot in the world for him to get on track in, in, and, uh, and put up uh, a fantasy bonanza. But I want to, like, you know, obviously we take this game by game, Joe, but if we look in, like, the wide scope of this, I think that the, the KISS method, keep it simple, stupid, is having Pickens on your bench here going forward. I'm fine with that and him, him blowing up um, for a week that, that he's on my bench. I'm cool with it. I need to see something before I can start starting this guy again. Man, I'll tell you, you're, when he gets the opportunity, he has shown me that he's that he's got the potential to be, you know, right up there with Brown and the others, right? Physically, the, uh, the after-the-catch capability that he has. And opening day against Cleveland, he, what, what did he go for 140 yards and a touch? Uh, but I think it was all like the third, third and fourth quarter where he uh, – he produced, but yeah, Pickens, that whole scheme um, doesn't feel right to me. It seems like it's more of a running bias now that Warren and uh, Harris are sharing, and Harris is playing a lot better right now. Mm-hmm. So is Warren. So uh, I think the coaching staff really likes to, to be in that run uh, first, pass later type of uh, mode, and their defense is always where they want to excel as well so I, I just don't know i just don't have a good feeling for the steelers where they're at what they're what they're real um how, how they're going to use pickens but he is a super talent they really are missing i think they're missing uh, a great opportunity with him i think the other thing that that gives me pause and gives me frustration about pickens as well is pat fryermuth has been out for what three weeks four weeks now this would have been a golden opportunity for Pickens to really cash in and put up some big numbers, and he hasn't. And Fryermuth could be back as early as this week. We'll see what happens um, this Sunday for, for the Steelers going forward. But I'm with you, man. I, I've seen him do it. Like, we saw him do it in college. He was, he was a pedigree draft pick. It's just a matter of him putting it all together and getting it done on the field, which he's not doing it uh, right now. Uh, let's go to Permar99's question in the YouTube chat right now. He wants to know our thoughts on Rashad Penny and Leonard Fournette. You are the resident Eagles fan on the program here tonight, Joe, so I'll let you talk about Rashad Penny. To me, he's kind of an afterthought. Um, that that Eagles backfield, it's, you know, they got so many guys there. It, 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 I think the stars would have to align before Penny would become rosterable, and then they'd have to align even more for him to be startable. Your thoughts on Rashad Penny? I, I agree. I mean, Penny is a talent as well. What he did in Seattle, uh, the limited time he was available, but he was injury-free. Uh, he's he's got it, and if they do, if Swift, you know, has an unfortunate uh, injury, then I think Penny gets more active, and you'll see a lot more of him. But right now, I just um just backlog him. Yeah, I, I, that's the thing, and it's just like he's one like he's another one of those guys. You say, oh, well, I want to roster him just in case, like you know. Um, something happens in the Eagles' backfield. Well, think how many things would have to happen in that yeah. Eagles' backfield for, for him to be startable. Now, um, what about the other side of this here with um, Leonard Fournette? I, uh, real briefly, Joe, I picked him up in several leagues a few weeks ago after he got signed by Buffalo. Uh, this is when Latavius Murray was was sort of not getting it done uh, in the short yardage game that they wanted to use him in. Um, and then James Cook was coming on a little bit. Uh, or, or uh, James Cook really wasn't doing much. Um, and I look at the Buffalo offense now, and not only does he have to get by Cook, not only does he have to get by Murray, the Bills just switched offensive coordinators, and, and it's a team in flux. I'm really not – I can't remember who I was talking to about this, but I totally agree. It's difficult for me to see a path to success for Leonard Fournette as well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm in Tampa. I got to see him a lot. He really helped the team win the Super Bowl. when, uh, And he and Brady had a uh, – chemistry but uh late last year I, I think you saw the wear and tear on Leonard Fournette 
and uh, I, I can't trust them. Yeah. And, yeah, and I don't even know if the Bills think they can trust him at this point, too. Like He's just yeah. not getting any action so far. Um, a guy who we hope sees action and plenty of it on Sunday is Devon Achan. Mike McDaniel uh, said today that uh, he is questionable uh, for Sunday, but he is highly optimistic that Achan is going to be playing. His first week back off of IR, um, I benched Keaton Mitchell in, I don't know, two or three leagues in favor of waiting on Achan um, to, to see what he's going to do. Joe, what kind of production are, are we looking at for Achan in his first week back after basically a month on the shelf? Uh, you know, 150 yards on the ground. That's been his average in the first three games that he has uh, been healthy. Seven touchdowns over three games. I mean, geez, it's uh, you got to you got to use him. I, you know, okay. So that game is um, at home against the Raiders. If you had, and I do have one league where I have both Mostert and Achan. Are they are they both startable against the Raiders? Would you start both these guys on the same team, Joe? I think so. Anchan first. Uh, I've got Mozart on two teams, and uh, that's one of my difficult decisions this Sunday is uh, it's him versus some other uh, talent I have on the team. <clears throat> but I think I think you can, but that really depends on your other running backs. Right. If you've got. Um, you know, if, if you've got uh, what I call for Seattle or, you know, I, but you, it's a tough call. But I would prefer Anchan over uh, Mozart right now, Mostert right now. Um, yeah, okay, so so another tough decision. Uh, Bob Hogan's hanging out with us on YouTube uh, tonight. He wants to know your thoughts on Devon Achan or Saquon Barkley. He can only play one of these running backs, so he doesn't have the luxury – to start both of them, I already mentioned uh, that Achan is going to be at home against the Raiders. Uh, the Giants, I believe, oh, God, who do they play? They're at Washington. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry, the uh, Commanders. The Commanders. We all know what you meant. Don't what you I'm mean. a little old. You know? <laughs> <laughs> all right, Joe, which one are you playing there between Achan and Barkley? Achan. Achan, okay. I mean, Barkley is above average, of course, but you. Uh, yeah. I, I think the Reds, the uh, commander defense, uh, is can shut him down. I mean, after all, they don't have much else, right? Mm -hmm. They have no quarterback. They have no uh, passing game, really. So I think, you know, that uh, commander defense is going to focus on Barkley, and that's why I would have him behind each end. I, I, like, um, this goes back to the old um... – the the uh, the Dow of Baker Boy Joe Delzanero, longtime FFPC player, um, sort of like my personal Yogi Berra when it comes to high stakes fantasy football analysis, and he he told the Dizzle who's hanging out in in the chat room right now uh, when when I think this is back in the Clinton Portis days when Portis was playing for Washington, um, and they were comparing him to another running back, and Dizzle said, "Well, what about this guy?" And he said, "Well, no, I mean you don't play guys, you don't draft guys that play on teams that don't score touchdowns." Like the Giants don't score touchdowns. The yeah. Dolphins score a ton of touchdowns. So, like at that point, I guess like Occam's Razor. Well, not Occam's Razor, but like obviously we're we're going to pick the most obvious solution here too. And and I think you know you don't have to think about it much. I don't have to think about it much. Um, you're you're obviously playing um, uh, a chan over Saquon Barkley and Joe. I, I you probably unintentionally did this. Everybody loves the the Raheem Mozart um, uh, name. I like the nickname uh, Mozart. For Raheem Mostert, the uh, guy who is creating a symphony of fantastic fantasy performances this year, an artist in his own right. I, I love the Mozart name uh, for Raheem <laughs> Mostert, and everybody else does too. Um, okay, let's uh, let's go with. Uh, oh, we had a question in the YouTube chat here, uh, and this leads into our next question. Permar ninety nine, does Khalil Herbert regain starter status now that Deontay Foreman is hurt? Now. You are looking at a situation where Herbert, I believe, got activated off IR. He's expected to play this week. The Bears are on the road at Detroit, not the greatest matchup in the world. Um, yeah. I think the Bears, I think I saw earlier this week that they released Darrington Evans as well. So at least that gives us a little bit more clarity. But Roshan Johnson's still there. 
Joe, are any of these guys fantasy like start worthy this week for the Bears in the Bears backfield against the Lions? I don't think so. Um, um, I I have Herbert back. Uh, I probably have to use him on one team because uh, I don't I don't really have any other running backs on that call. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, but no, I, I you know Foreman first second down Herbert the change of pace back. That's the way I see it. Um, Detroit has this season been excellent in holding running backs below 10, 15 points in uh, fantasy points. They've, they've not played really great running teams, but they have been good against it. So I, I would say no. I would, if you have another choice, take it. Yeah, it, it's I really got to be in a bad spot to play any of these Bears running backs. And I'll tell you this. I am in a bad spot in a few of my leagues, and I still can't consider. Like I just, I the 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 workload's going to be chopped up. The defensive matchup is not great, so yeah, I'm I'm definitely doing everything I can uh, to look elsewhere. You mentioned a couple of of difficult starts, uh, start sit decisions that you have this week, Joe. I think involving Raheem Mostert. Who are some of those players? Do you remember offhand who you're deciding between Mostert and and who else to to start? No, I, I. Because I think Mostert, like. Well, I put Mitchell in there last night on that team to give me some flexibility because I don't know if Jefferson's coming back or not. Right. Yep. And, and then I have uh, Pickens on that team as well. I I benched Pickens for Mitchell, trying to get some flexibility with the unknown factor on Sunday. Uh, and I believe I have Reed on that team as well from Green Bay, and I really like the way he's he's progressing and the chemistry he's building with uh, the quarterback. So uh, it's, it's just something I want to wait till Sunday and make a decision on. Do some more research, watch a lot of you guys what what you're thinking, and you know digest that information and uh, make a decision. Right? Yeah, I, I think that's important, and you're going to have to make an important decision here. The Dizzle in the uh, chat room right now. We obviously know that Tom Brady and Travis Kelsey hit it big with their lady partners uh, that they've had uh, over the years. Uh, Dave wants to know who's more impressive. Who's the more impressive get? Is it Giselle Bunchen for Tom Brady or is it Taylor Swift for Travis Kelsey? I have, I have a thought on this, but I'll let you answer this, Joe. Oh man, you got to go Taylor Swift, right? I mean, my opinion, I'm sorry. You don't have to. Just... No, I think you do. And here's why. Like I, I think, and this is coming from, I can't believe we're turning the show into this, but I'll say it. I've, I've given Taylor Swift's music a shot. It's not for me. I don't care for it, but I totally respect her as an entrepreneur an entertainer and a very, very intelligent person, which is why I think this is a massive get for Travis Kelsey. I think she could do a lot better. I don't think he can do any better. I think he's kind of a meathead. I think he's a weird like guy that, that like, she should not be with him. Um, like to me, like this is this is such a dream come true for Travis Kelsey, and I can't see this ending well for Taylor Swift. It, it just it boggles my mind. So I'm with you on the Taylor Swift. That is a fantastic get for for Travis Kelsey. Tom Brady, he can get whoever he wants, basically. Um, so yeah, Giselle, he got Giselle. Okay, that's fine. He can get anybody. Travis Kelsey cannot. Um, and then uh, and then uh, okay, so I have to I have to. <laughs> I have to post some of the responses here to this question. John Terry says that both have bank, which is true. Taylor Swift and Giselle Bunchen, very well off. Uh, Dizzle says I may have to go Taylor Swift for the talent and the overall appeal. John Terry says that Giselle Bunchen is much hotter and the Dizzle agrees, but the intangibles go to Taylor Swift here. So this is, we could probably do a full episode on this. The, oh, the, man. Can you imagine Mel Kuyper talking about this Taylor Swift versus <laughs> Versus uh, Giselle Bunch of oh, some red flags with Taylor Swift. She hasn't had the greatest breakups over the course of her career. You know, she's written songs about it. A lot of potential for disaster. You know, stuff like that. I don't want to get let's into. Pound them with, let's pound them with some emails and stuff, and Twitter's getting to do it. I'd love to see that, man. Yeah, like we'll get we'll get into it. We'll see if we can make uh, Uncle Mel make that happen. I don't know if it'll it'll work, but we'll do our best. Okay, a couple of listener emails here uh, for you. These are for you specific, so we'll get to. These emails for you first, Joe. 
Um, uh, Vic in Sacramento. This kind of goes into the Jaden Reed thing that you were talking about. Is it time to give up on Christian Watson? That's Vic in Sacramento. Jaden Reed, thank you for the email, Vic. Jaden Reed is having um, one of the – I think he's on pace for the best rookie Packers wide receiver season in – oh, God, I got to go back – almost 40 years like it's insane what what he's on pace for better than adams better than jordy nelson donald driver i mean all these great greg jennings all these great packers receivers over the years and reed is doing it as the number three receiver on this team behind watson and Dobbs. i'm not willing to give up on watson as a player yet however i am ready to give up on him for this season i like he's on he's he's i'm giving him the pickens treatment he's on my bench until i see something don't want to cut him yet. Your thoughts on Christian Watson, Joe? Yeah, I agree. He's uh, so physically, I don't think he's right. And that physical uh, unrest has caused him to miss time. He doesn't have the chemistry with love at all that Reed has. You can see it. It's really obvious. So, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, until he can get himself squared away physically, which I think is affecting him mentally, then you got to leave him on the bench. But he's the kind of guy that can out of the clear blue sky, put up 150 yards, two touchdowns, and break your heart, honestly. Yes. <laughs> you know, one of the frustrating things for me is, you know, we've seen Watson do this already. We've seen him. We saw him that second half he went on last year. That massive tear, was it was unbelievable. So it's not like we didn't see him do it before. We've seen him do it. And the other thing, too, is, and I, I think there's a lot of Packers fans that are annoyed by this, is you're only seeing Christian Watson, I shouldn't say only, but predominantly he is being used on a ton of nine routes, which is fine because he's got great speed. He can get behind the defender. But two issues with that is uh, Jordan Love is really struggling with his deep ball accuracy. And number two, like if you're only throwing or, you know, predominantly just throwing nine routes to Watson, that makes it easier on the defense. Think about how successful he was with jet sweeps and end arounds and, and, and intermediate routes last year. You're just not seeing that with Watson, or at least you're not seeing it for uh, enough with Watson. So I still think he deserves to be on your roster, but he definitely does not deserve to, to be starting uh, right now. And there's, and there's, okay, hold on. John Terry, Jordan Love sucks. Dave Gerzak, yeah, Love is terrible. Green Bay should keep losing. Uh, and then it's the QB, Love sucks from Perdmar99. I don't want to be the Jordan Love apologist here. But we have not seen enough from Jordan Love's supporting cast to make our call on, on, on Love yet. He's working with an insanely young group of receivers who multiple have ones besides Jaden Reed have been underperforming. Luke Musgrave hasn't stayed on the field. Watson hasn't stayed on the field. The offensive line is as bad as it's been in Green Bay in probably about 15 or 20 years. The jury's still out on Love, okay? The jury is still out on Love. Joe, what do you think? Jordan Love, uh, now weekend, that I've gone off on this. All the things that you said this weekend – uh, they, they seem to be gelling more and more. I'd love to see them continue that advancement against the Broncos because that keeps them in the game. If they lose this weekend, it's, you know, it's going to be tough for them to contend. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you know, there's a lot of issues with, with Green Bay, but they are, seem, seems to me like they're getting a little bit better. We'll see this weekend. We will, um, and and I think that's that's going to be a fun game to watch, that Packers-Chargers game. Um, maybe we'll actually see a 300-yard passing game for Green Bay, which hasn't happened in like three years. Aaron Rodgers in the end of one last year. It was crazy. Uh, one more uh, email here for you. Uh, Larry in Muskogee, Oklahoma. Excuse me. Hey, Joe, who is the Texans wide receiver to play this weekend? Thanks, man. That's Larry in Muskogee, Oklahoma. I don't believe – Noah Brown practiced again today, so I'm sure uh, he's going to be out. To last week, I got him in the Sunday, uh, you know, uh, waiver. I got him for like six bucks or something. I was really looking forward to using him, but unfortunately, no. Uh, he that's, is, a, that's a he heck is. of a buy, Joe. Six bucks for Noah Brown. Good on you, my friend. Yeah, thanks. Um, no, it's just one of those luck. It's a luck factor, right? Right, yeah. Fourth um, quarter. But uh, who who for the Texans this weekend? Um, Nico Collins, I th it looks like he's going to be back. Um, Robert Woods has been getting um, some some extra run. I don't know why, but they're doing it. And then obviously Tank Dell is still out there too. Well, yeah, he's the guy really at this point. I think uh, he's demonstrated he can he can get it done in the clutch. It looks like uh, Shroud is looks to him when when he needs something, but. Uh, uh, Schwartz to the tight end, uh, mm -hmm. he, he gets a lot of 
confidence from uh, Trout as well. So, but yeah, uh, that's yeah. That's it, yeah, John Terry saying Dalton Schultz as well, um, and then uh, the uh, resident uh, Ivy League professor Hudson Kern Revis saying Nico Collins and Tank Dell. And Permar ninety nine agreeing with you. Dell is the alpha. No kidding. And and I'm kind of kind of with him on that. It makes it 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 makes sense. Um, you know, Tank Dell is another guy. Not was was not a extremely pedigreed player, but C.J. Stroud said, "Hey, they told the Texans brass, hey, you should go out and get Tank Dell." And clearly, not only was Stroud smart in <clears throat> telling him to get Tank Dell, it seems like Stroud might know a thing or two about playing football in the NFL. He has been highly impressive uh, <laughs> this year as well. Um, okay, uh, let's get into this question, and then we'll get into the Burrow stuff and Mark Andrews uh, shortly. A lot of players that you think FFPC, uh, excuse me, um, a player that a lot of FFPC uh, players are probably going to have on their bench in, in week 11, Joe, that you think they should probably think about getting into their lineups, a sleeper, if you will, if you want to call it that, but a player that not a lot of people will start that you think should be started. Uh, Singleton for Houston. Um, I think he's uh, I did write a couple. Rice for Kansas City, but I think Ooh. folks probably have him. Um, you know, uh, Brian Robinson for the uh, Commanders, mm-hmm. I, I think he's going to have a, a good game against the Giants. Um, you talked about Dotson for the Commanders, too. He didn't have, what did he have, two uh, targets last week? And, it wasn't good, and, and no points. It was bad, but. But he, he can really turn that around. And, you know, White for Tampa Bay, uh, he has really come on lately, um, especially in the passing game. And so he, he's someone that you might want to think about as well as uh, Harris for Pittsburgh. Yeah, who's now the backup, apparently, to, to Jalen Warren. And, and, and like, they had equal touches. Uh, right, yeah. And, and, like, now it's cool to start him. Like, now now it's like, <laughs> like oh, yeah, you know, I, I don't want to start Harrison as the starter. But now that he's a backup, I think there's some value there. Um, yeah, if you, if you remember last year, too, he came on late last year. Yes, I drafted him in the first round last year, and it just destroyed my season. It killed me. I have never been a big Harris guy, um, but – I will start to become one the more he plummets and drafts and like you, the best deal you got on him for his entire career in NFL drafts was this season. It was the lowest ADP he's ever had. And certainly you can hop. I deserved it though. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, Joe. No, I was just going to say that's a little bit strangle. You know, you, when you pick your number one and next thing you know, you know, you, you know, you're, Bad choice. <laughs> Harris was a bad choice. Bad choice. Um, it turned out that Joe Burrow was a bad choice this season, not because of performance, but because of the way the season ends for him. Zach Taylor said today uh, that Joe Burrow has torn a wrist ligament in his uh, throwing wrist. He's going to miss the remainder of the season. Could not grip the ball while he was throwing on the sideline. Then he left for the locker room. Zach Taylor originally thought it was a sprained wrist, um, but it ends uh, Burrow's season instead. 2,300 yards, 15 touchdowns in 10 games. He had the calf injury uh, to start the year, obviously, and and um, and that caused some some distress for a lot of the fantasy owners that that picked him up early. Um, Jake Browning is now the guy in Cincinnati. AJ McCarron is going to be your new backup to to Jake Browning. We saw what happened with this Bengals offense last night, specifically Jamar Chase, and I think that's the guy we're we're concerning ourselves mostly with, but. To me, going forward, I, I can't – I mean, Tyler Boyd is borderline unrosterable. Uh, T. Higgins, I don't – like, when he does come back, he's got to be on the bench till he shows you something. And the thing is with Jamar Chase, I, I can't – I can't in good faith tell you, like, okay, you can't you can't play Jamar Chase going forward because of Jake Browning. I think Zach Taylor's smart enough, and I think Jake Browning's capable enough that they're still going to keep Chase relevant. But if you're loaded at receiver and, and you got a tough lineup decision down the road – I could see this blowing up in your face if you play Chase, but for right now, I'm still keeping the faith with him. The rest of the Bengals, Joe, man, I don't have a whole lot of belief in right now. No, and I, I, I suspect Chase uh, as being a candidate to be shut down as well. I mean, they're they're not going to make the playoffs. They're top. They're you know Burrow's down. Why risk uh, Chase for the rest of the year? He's got back issues. He he has some things going on with him that he clearly doesn't look. Um, 
as healthy as he has in the past. So I, I view him as a candidate uh, to be shut down in a few weeks as soon as they are definitely not going to be in playoff contention. And, and it, it stinks for the Bengals because I think heading into I think heading into week 11, all four teams in the AFC North were going to be playoff teams if the season ended that day. Now the Bengals are in last place in that division at five and five. It's certainly going to get worse before it gets better. It, it, it just might behoove them to, to start worrying about next year. I, I, the AFC is so loaded, man. It's, and they're trending in the wrong direction. I'm kind of with you. Like we, we should be on shutdown watch for Jamar chase here coming up in the next couple of weeks. Um, speaking of being shut down, it's going to be Mark Andrews uh, as well. John Harbaugh said that his ankle injury is expected to end his season. Mike Garofalo from the NFL Network had this report. Um, Harbaugh said it's a, quote, form of a high ankle sprain, but more than a high ankle sprain. Uh, again, he just plays 10 games this season, just like Joe Burrow. Um, this is going to help Odell Beckham, Zay Flowers, and Rashad Bateman from a target standpoint. From an efficiency standpoint and production standpoint, that remains to be seen. Isaiah likely, I mean, you got to get him in FFPC tight end premium leagues as well. Um, so let, let's put Andrews aside. Uh, I, I think he's going to be coming back better than ever in 2024. But with Beckham, with Flowers, with Bateman, with Likely, who, are, which one of those players or multiple players here, Joe, uh, are you most excited about post-Andrews injury? Flowers. He, he seems to have, uh, you know, the confidence – and uh, he seems to find he seems to find the gap in the coverage, and once he gets his hands on the ball, he knows what to do with it. So um, I think he's going to be. I think Beckham is also one of you know. He just he just seems to get hurt. Yeah, like last night too. Um, and um, the other one, I just don't. Yeah, Flowers for me. I think it's Flowers as well. Um, he had I, I want to say like, oh man, it was like three catches for like 40 some yards or something last night, but he had that 68 yard uh, uh, completion called back to because of holding. And there really wasn't, I mean, it was a really weak call. Yeah, um, so flowers could have had a, a really massive night last night. And I'm excited for him going forward. Like that, that guy is uh, after I, I saw him the first couple of games of the season, I'm like, if you drafted him in dynasty, I think you have something here. So very excited to see what Zay, Zay flowers can do going forward, especially with the Andrews injury as well. Well, um, should. Like he should get better, because, but for some reason he's just not as engaged. When Andrews is out, like he was in Game One, they didn't go to Likely. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what changes in their offensive scheme when uh, Andrews is not available that they wouldn't go to Likely. But it doesn't seem like they do. An interesting development in the Minnesota backfield. Um, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get the latest on here because in the on the show sheet I have uh, I, I don't have the updated news on Alexander Madison, but Alexander Madison, uh, Joe, is officially listed as questionable for Week 11. Um, he has not, as far as I can tell, cleared concussion protocol, but he was practicing um, yesterday. Now you can you can still practice and and be in the concussion protocol. What's interesting about this situation between him and Ty Chandler um, is this is a Sunday night game. This is a game that is not going to take place until the majority of the other teams have already played this week. So what do you do if you have Madison or Chandler? Is this a situation where you only start either one of these guys in desperation? Or do you see this situation ending up a specific certain way, Joe, that you would be willing to play one of these guys over the other or neither. I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, play either, to be honest with you. I, I just don't see it. Um, he came in la last week and, and did get a touchdown, but he hasn't, that this was the first game that he really did. Uh, and I'm forgetting the backups name. Um, For Minnesota. Yeah. Ty Chandler. Ty Chandler. Yeah. Thank you. Um, you know, he, he looked okay, but again, I see them. I see them throwing the football, and that's that's it. They're, they'll run occasionally, but I just don't see a Chandler in the passing game. I didn't see that. I, I again, I just don't have confidence in their running game at this point. 
Um, Kevin O'Connell, the head coach of the Vikings, told Ben Gosling from the Minneapolis Star Tribune who covers the Vikings, Madison is probably going to gain clearance from the independent neurologist today, um, but that has not happened yet. And uh, John Terry already uh, chiming in um, in the uh, in the YouTube chat that Madison should clear protocol tomorrow. If he does clear protocol, this does not change the fact, Joe, that that you would you do not want to be in business with either one of these Vikings running backs in Week Eleven, right? I do not. Okay, and I'm kind of with you on that too, by the way. Um, let Let's get into one more running back situation, and then we'll get into some start sets here uh, before we close the show out. Aaron Wilson, who covers the Houston Texans, reported that Damian Pierce is not slated to play in Week Eleven against the Arizona Cardinals. So this means your guy, guy you just talked about, is a player that you don't think a lot of people are going to be starting, but they should, is going to be Devin Singletary. He had um, 84% of the Texans' rushing attempts over the last two weeks and had 30 carries for 150 yards and a touchdown against the aforementioned Cincinnati Bengals this past week. Singletary, this is great news um, for him with with Pierce being out. you got to find a way to get Singletary in as, as a flex this week, right? Uh, you do, and I am so disappointed in myself for not uh, picking him up on the waiver wire a couple weeks ago when he was available. I, I, I just mm, kicked myself that I didn't do it. But, I, you yeah. know, when I'm placing bids on the waiver wire, I'm always looking for that that those one or two guys on my team that I can just churn and like, and and then I'm looking for those the injury. What injury away running backs are out there? You know where where um, all they need is is one bad ankle turn or or one bad hit, and, and all of a sudden they're handling 20 touches. Like And Singletary was a guy I actually looked for, um, and either he wasn't available or I didn't have a good enough guy to cut uh, at that point. But Pierce has been dinged up. Like if you – Singletary's not out there anymore, obviously, but if you have him, my God, you, you got to find a way to get him into your lineup this week. And, and to your point, this year more than any other year, that um... – proactivity with the running back who could take advantage of an injury is, is more important this year than I think it's ever been. Um, Adam Krautwurst, uh, host of the deep end fantasy football podcast, uh, a longtime FFPC player. He always says when you draft a running back, don't cut running backs. Like when you pick them up, don't cut running backs because you never know when you're going to need them. Uh, and that's, that's certainly more true than ever right now. Um, fantasy feedback, start or sits right now, Joe, let's get into it. There's a few of them here. I think we'll have time uh, for all of them tonight. Dave in Cincinnati. Hey fellas, this is a good one actually for you, Joe, because you mentioned both these guys as sleepers this week. Hey fellas, should I roll with Jahan Dotson or Rashi Rice this weekend? Thank you for the email, Dave in Cincinnati. This is, this is interesting. Um, Jahan Dotson, uh, this week is going up against the hapless New York giants at home. Rasheed Rice is in what I said is going to be a fantasy points bonanza against your Eagles on Monday night in Arrowhead. You only have room for one of these guys in your lineup, Joe. Who is it going to be? Boy, it really is a tough one. I, I think I would go with Dotson. Dot, because of the matchup? Yeah. Okay. Because it's 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 weird for me. Like I I look at that Eagles Chiefs game and it's going to be tough for me to sit any of my Eagles or Chiefs, right? Unless we're yeah. talking about Dallas Goddard or you know uh, Boston Scott or Kenny Gainwell or something like that. But like like I, I guess the fact that um, unless you're Travis Kelsey, pass catchers in Kansas City have been extremely hard to rely on on a week to week basis. He, he goes to fifty. You know, if the Water Boys available, you can throw at them. I, you know, he just he. The distribution is is way uh, out of proportion for mm-hmm. having Rice take advantage of his talent. Uh, although I think Mahomes has more confidence in Rice and is building all the time. But to your point, you know, five six targets—that may be what he gets. Dotson, yes. on the other hand, uh, who knows? He could have another uh, target-rich game. Uh, we'll see. Be nice that the Giants could put up like. 15, 20 points in that game too, where Sam Howell's going to have to keep passing to keep keep guys like McLaurin and Dotson and Logan Thomas and everybody like that involved. Um, Tony in Lockport, New York in a bad way with tight ends this week, Michael Mayer or Chig Oconquo. Thanks guys. Uh, So Mayer, I mean, neither one of these guys is a great option. Obviously this must be tight end premium scoring in the FFPC, which I think most of our emailers are playing and, and asking us about anyway. 
Mayer goes to Miami to, to try to, uh, you know, keep pace with that high-powered Dolphins offense. And then uh, Chigakonkwo is at Jacksonville this week. Do you have a good feel between uh, Okonkwo versus Mayer this week, Joe? Uh, Mayor, I think, would be my choice of a bad situation. I, I, I'm sorry for you, man. I, I'm glad I'm not in your situation, but I feel for you. Right. Yes, exactly. Um, I've been there before, though. Yes. I'm sure I will be again. And yeah, it's, it, that's fantasy, man. We, we, we all will be, uh, for sure. Let's go to D Dance's question in, 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 uh, YouTube, uh, in the YouTube chat room right now. Would you guys trade Jalen Warren for Tank Dell? He has CJ Stroud, uh, Jameer Gibbs, and Ty Chandler. Uh, so if he makes this deal, I'm assuming um, he'd be looking at Gibbs and Chandler as his as his two running backs. Boy, I, like I guess I need more more context here. In a vacuum, I, I in full PPR, I would rather have Tank Dell uh, than Jalen Warren going forward. But um, I guess I need more information. What, what do you? I mean, who would you rather have in a vacuum here, Warren or Dell, Joe? Well, because Gibbs is in the in the mix, I would go with Dell. Dell. Gibbs is- I think he's going to have another great game. Yeah. Yeah. Wheels up for the lions, man. Um, That, that, that team is, has really, really surprised me uh, this year. And, and what St. Brown and Goff and Laporta and Gibbs and Montgomery have done is, is, and that offensive line has been tremendous too uh, in Detroit. Dan Campbell's, there's a lot of credit uh, for what he's been able to do in that. Laporta's been a huge, uh, I didn't expect them to be this good. Where, what, how many tight, like, let's, okay, let's say the season ends today, Joe, and we start drafting for 2024. How many tight ends are you drafting ahead of Sam Laporta next year? Uh, probably three. Kelsey, Andrews, Hawkinson? Not Andrews. Kelsey, Hawkinson, and um, Kincaid? I don't know. Well, I, you know, there's, I got to see some more uh, football, but, you know, I think Schultz is doing pretty good. Oh, Schultz, yeah. Yeah, that's another um, good one, too. There's uh, there's just a, a lot of the young tight ends that um, Laporta is, is is the top of the uh, crop. But there, there are some guys really developed. What about the guy in Arizona? What about McBride? McBride. That's another good one, yeah. And, and I was worried, too, like when Kyler Murray came back, I really didn't know what to expect. Um, from, from McBride, but then he had another good game with Kyler Murray throwing the ball too. So yeah, I, I think McBride is a guy that, and this is the second year, right? He's not a rookie anymore. You'd expect a little bit of a step forward. We're seeing a massive step forward, uh, for, for Trey McBride this year too. He's another one I got on the waiver wire this year. Me too. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let's, uh, let's go to Rick in Pensacola, Florida. A couple of teams we've talked about already torn between Sam Howell and Kyler Murray in week 11. Who would you guys start? Thank you for the email. Rick in Pensacola, Florida. As I look uh, this week, I already told you that Sam Howell is going up against the uh, New York Giants at home. Uh, Kyler Murray hits the road to take on the Houston Texans. This is close for me. Um, I I think I'm going to lean towards Murray because of the rushing aspect, but Howell just throws up these random 300-yard passing games, you know, and, like, you just never know when they're going to come. I'm using uh, Hal in my weeklies all over the place mm-hmm. because he's he's relatively cheap, um, but and he's at home against the Giants. So, um, yeah, you know the other factor with him is, to your point earlier, you want the you want the Giants to score 15 points or something because right. if they don't score, you're going to see a heavy dose of Robinson and you know other uh, running backs we probably haven't seen. From right. Many- so. Yeah, it could be Chris. Could be this. Could be the Chris Rodriguez breakout game when the, when the Commanders go. are up thirty-five nothing in the third quarter, and Rodriguez rushes for two touchdowns and hundred yards. After that, anything is possible. Non-zero chance of anything. Like I always yeah. say, finally, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think you're good with either one, but I agree with you that you know the rushing those... aspect. It's Murray. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's, I'm not not going to repeat it because YouTube will uh, have a problem with it, but. Uh, David Dizzle Gerzak says uh, the Giants and the Commanders could be a you know what show, and and I totally agree with them. PU, yeah, there's a there's a chance it could be a PU type game. Uh, final email tonight, John in North Bloomfield, Ohio. Hi, HSFF Honchos, James Cook or Jalen Warren in Week Eleven. Appreciate it. That's John in North Bloomfield, Ohio. Uh, James Cook, who is taking on the New York Jets. Uh, it is a home game, but it is the Jets. And then you have uh, Jalen Warren, who we're already discussing. The new, 
starting quarter uh, starting running back for Pittsburgh is in Cleveland. Neither one of these matchups are good, Joe. Which one would you rather roll with? Uh, Warren, I guess. Um, just because Pittsburgh just relies so much on the run game, where Buffalo, I think, can can be more uh, flexible and pivot from the the run to the pass uh, against the Jets. But Jets Jets are good, man. They have yeah. a great day. They're coming on uh, for sure. I, I'm with you on Warren. Um, I, I think there's going to be a little bit more volume. I don't think one matchup is necessarily better than the other one, but I do lean towards the volume for Warren, especially passing, uh, catching the ball uh, out of the backfield uh, because Latavius Murray has come on a little bit. You could see him vulture some touchdowns uh, or, you know, a touchdown, not some touchdowns, but maybe a touchdown or two. I know Harris has sort of been the preferred goal line back um, for Pittsburgh, but Warren's been in there inside the 10 yard line a significant amount. It's very close. I'm going to lean towards Warren with you, my friend, uh, on this as well. And just look at that. It, it, it's already been an hour. I feel like we we could go even further into the night, Joe. Oh, I, I love it, man. I, I just, it's so much fun, right? Oh, you can't, it doesn't get any better than this. <laughs> Talking ball on a Friday night. We love it. Uh, the 26th play, uh, place team uh, heading into week 11 in the Fantasy Pros Championship is Joe Holmes, my co-host for this evening, Joe I hope the ball bounces your way this weekend. I hope you bring home that million-dollar grand prize. And for God's sake, I hope you beat uh, the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday night and just send the Swifties reeling uh, and and the Eagles get a big win, which could be a Super Bowl preview uh, coming up in Las Vegas this year. Thanks for joining me, man. So much fun. Thank you, man. You're the best. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate you. Joe Holmes, ladies and gentlemen, from the Fantasy Pros Championship 26th place slot. Uh, coming into this weekend. Uh, good luck to him going forward. I want to thank Joe. I want to thank the FFPC, Rob, Bryce, and of course, each and every one of you. We will be back uh, next Friday. Farrell will be back next Friday as well at 10 o'clock Eastern time. You can check out Tuesday's Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown with Bill Wonky, who has a top 40 team in the FFPC main event. Uh, that's on the FFPC socials, uh, including YouTube. You can also check out the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown this Tuesday at 10 p.m. with Mike Engel, uh, a team who has uh, a player who has a top 20 team in the FFPC main event. We will go live at 10 o'clock on Tuesday night. It's going to be a busy Tuesday night because we are going live with the Better Sports Network's High Stakes Fantasy Football Show uh, on Tuesday this week because of the Thanksgiving holiday. We will go live from 7 to 9 with the GOAT District's John Daniel. And, of course, if you missed last week's uh, High Stakes Fantasy Football Show, you can check that out on the Better Sports Network, uh, any of their socials, any of our socials. Theo Greminger from Player Profiler. Uh, what a conference. We covered a lot of ground, but not enough ground. There was so much uh, that we that we uh, covered uh, Thursday night, so make sure you're checking that out in case you missed it. Uh, go to myffpc.com to play in the FFPC Weekly Challenge. No draft, no salary cap. Pick your 10 players. Pick your 12 players uh, if you want to uh, get in that. Uh, just get in by Sunday's kickoff and then watch the points pile up for the remainder of the weekend. Remember, only one player per team. No stacking. Uh, we're going to be launching the FFPC World Famous Playoff Challenge soon. We'll give you the details on that. Uh, for the weekly challenge, remember, you can enter for as little as $35, went up to $2,500 as well. Uh, all players that were dropped on Wednesday and that will be dropped on Sunday, uh, on Sunday's Fab Run, are going to be locked for the remainder of the season in all FFPC leagues except for Dynasty. So make sure that you are well aware of that before you drop a player, uh, knowing that you can't pick it back up for the remainder of the season. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel, comment on the video, share it with your friends, share it with your enemies, uh, and get notified every time we go live. The next time we will be going live, Tuesday night, a double dose of shows. Uh, 7 o'clock, we'll go with live with the BSN HSFF show with John Daniel from Goat District, and then uh, Mike Engel, uh, 9 o'clock that night, excuse me, uh, beg your pardon, 10 p.m. Tuesday night on the road of his high stakes low now. Thanks so much for watching everybody. I hope the ball bounces your way this weekend. Good luck in all your fantasy football leagues. We'll do this again next Friday night. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. I honestly can't remember. I know I just gave the spiel. I can't remember if I said it. 
uh, at all, but there is no early kickoff this week. Um, so you're, you're going to have a deeper player pool to choose from um, on that Sunday morning waiver wire. But if you've been in the habit of setting your lineup on Saturday night because of these early morning Europe kickoffs, don't get out of that habit. Make sure you get your guys in there that you want early, and that way you're not left out in the lurch in case anything were to happen. Um, coming up on crunch time, I know every lineup decision, every waiver bid, everything is magnified right now. I hope you guys make uh, all the right choices going forward, and uh, hopefully one of you guys will be popping on uh, to talk about your $1 million grand prize with Farrell uh, and myself coming up in January. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. Happy footballing. We'll talk with you again Tuesday night. Double dose of shows. It's going to be a lot of fun.